Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory at StevensCreekChurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Stevens Creek Church once again. Uh, it's good to see you here at church on 4th of July weekend. Happy 4th of July, everybody. You looking forward to the 4th? <laughs> Sounds like it. Hope you guys are looking forward. To, maybe you've been invited to attend something this week. Hope you got some plans. You've been invited to attend a cookout or maybe watch some fireworks later on this week. Uh, but whatever it is that you've been invited to, I hope you're looking forward to it. I hope you have a good time whenever you get there. Uh, and that actually leads me to a question that I want to ask as we really kind of get started today. And, and when it comes to being invited to things, have you ever been invited to something and you didn't want to go? And so you told the person no. And then, and then afterward, you, you heard who showed up or you heard what happened. And now when you think about it, you are kicking yourself for not going and for saying no because you missed out on something amazing. Uh, or, or, maybe, or maybe you got invited to attend something, an event, a party, and, and you didn't want to go, but because of who asked you, you know, it felt more like an obligation than an opportunity, but because of who asked you, you, you a friend or a boyfriend, girlfriend, maybe you felt like you, you, you had to say yes, and so you said yes to going even though you didn't want to go. And then whenever you got there, you are so glad that you said yes, because again, you got to experience something so amazing. And now whenever you look back on it, years later, you're like, what if I would have said no? I would have missed out on this incredible thing. Well, when I was in college during my junior year, I had a friend of mine, similar situation, invite me to, an attend, to attend an event that we were having on campus. And I did not want to go. Wasn't looking forward to going. It was going to be boring. It wasn't going to be fun at all. But because of who asked me, a friend asked me, and so I told him, I said, yeah, man, I'll go with you. That way you're not going to this thing alone. And, and whenever I got there, I ended up being so glad that I said yes to that invitation because, y'all, when I got there, I met a girl. I met a girl. And now whenever I think about it all these years later, I am so glad that I said yes to that invitation from my friend. I'm so glad that I went to that event on campus so that I could meet a girl and so that that girl could one day Introduce me to her roommate. Yeah, that's right. And now here I am today, and I've been married to that girl's roommate for 20 years. Come on, somebody. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. And, and he, listen, here's the truth that I really want you to wrap your hearts and your minds around today, is that you never know what awaits you on the other side of an invitation. You never know what awaits you on the other side of an invitation. And today, today, I want to prepare you for an invitation. I want to prepare you to say yes to an invitation because I believe that the Lord is calling you. He's inviting you. He's extending an invitation to you. He's inviting you into something. He is calling you to something. There are those of you that are in the room today. The Lord has been calling you for quite a while. But up until this moment, you have been hesitant, you've been resistant, and you have kept what God is calling you to do at arm's length. And there are those of you in the room today, the invitation, it's coming today. And so I just want to go ahead and prepare you to receive an invitation for, to, 
to what the, to what the Lord is calling you to do and for you to say yes to that. And at the end of this service today, we're going we're gonna to extend an invitation for you to come forward to receive prayer today for and over whatever it is that you feel like God's calling you, you to do. And I want you to be ready to receive that invitation. I want you to be ready to respond to prayer. So go ahead and prepare your hearts because it's coming. You see, I believe the Lord is calling you. He's inviting some people today into a relationship with him like you've never experienced before. It's a deep relationship. It's a meaningful relationship. There's people here today that the Lord is calling you to go places that you never thought you would go or to do things that you never thought you would or could do. And there are others of you today, the Lord is going to extend an invitation to you to become the person that you've always wanted to be, but you never thought you could be. Because you never know what awaits you on the other side of an invitation. Today we're going to be looking at a passage of scripture in Luke chapter 5 verses 1 through 11. And we're, we're going to be looking at a famous encounter between Jesus and who would eventually become his most famous disciple, Simon Peter. And as we read this passage, Luke captures for us the moment, the moments when, when Jesus calls Peter, invites Peter to follow him. And I believe the Lord is going to use this passage of Scripture to, to prepare us to receive an invitation that he wants to extend to you and to me today. And so beginning in verse 1 of Luke chapter 5, the Bible says that one day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, also known as the Sea of Galilee, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. And he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. And so to really kind of set the scene for what's taking place right here in this passage is it's about mid-morning. And, and fishermen, they fish at night on the Sea of Galilee. And they fish at night because that's when the water is cooler and the fish come to the top and they fish with nets because as the fish come to the surface, they can throw their nets over the side of the boat and they can reach the fish. They pull them up. And then when they're done, after a long night of fishing, they row their boats into shore, they pull their boats up onto shore and they, they, begin, they begin cleaning the fish. They take their nets and they stretch them out on these large wooden racks and that's where they would, they would wash the nets and they would clean the nets. And if they're anything like me, they need to clean the nets because when I go fishing, I catch water bottles and sunglasses and lawn chairs. Thought I caught the biggest fish of my life one time. Reeled him in for, uh, for an hour. It was a lawn chair. And so that's kind of the scene that we see as Jesus is, is teaching here on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. And in verse 3, it says that he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, who we know as Peter. And he asked him to put out a little from shore, and then he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. Now, right here in verse 4, this is where Jesus asked something of Peter that's a bit unusual. And, he said, and it says that when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Now, whenever Jesus asks this of Peter, he's not really asking Peter to do something that's all that difficult. I mean, it's very doable what Jesus is asking. He's asking a fisherman to, to go fishing. But in Peter's initial response, I have to believe it's a lot like our response whenever we feel like God is wanting us to do something, calling us to do something. There's some hesitancy. There's some resistance. I imagine there's even a little bit of frustration in Peter's response. Maybe even a hint of sarcasm. And in Peter's initial response, this is what he says. In verse 5, he says, Master, it's a term of respect. I respect you. We, we've worked hard all night, and we haven't caught anything. It's like Peter is looking at Jesus in this moment, and he's going, now, Jesus, 
I don't know if you know this or not, but we are professional fishermen. This is what we do. And from what I know about your background, your, your, your dad was a carpenter, so woodworking is probably something you're good at. You're a great teacher. In fact, whenever you talk about the things of God, we hang on to every word. But when it comes to fishing, you got to give us a little bit of credit. This is what we do. I mean, we went fishing all night last night, which, by the way, in case you don't know, that's when you're supposed to go fishing. And we let down these nets a hundred times and we didn't catch a thing, not even a minnow. So what do you think is going to happen if we go out during the day, which is when we're not supposed to go fishing? And so what Jesus is asking Peter to do, it's not all that difficult. It's very doable. But I think in Peter's response, we've got to be honest and say there's probably some valid reasoning as to why Peter has some hesitancy. I mean, Jesus, we can go and we can do what you're asking us to do. But if I'm being really honest, what you're asking us to do is is very inconvenient. It's a massive inconvenience. We were out all night last night, didn't catch anything. We rowed back into shore. Our boats are already back on shore. Our, 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 Our nets are already strung out. They're clean. They're drying. And we're about to roll them up and store them away for the day so that we can go get some rest and go back out later on tonight. And so what you're asking us to do, Jesus, is just now is not a good time. It's not a good time. And not only that, it's actually pretty unreasonable what you're asking us to do. Because we went fishing last night when the water was cooler and the fish were closer to the surface. And so now you want us to go out during the day when it's hot and the fish are more toward the bottom of the, of the lake. We're going to be more unsuccessful today than we were last night. And that's, that's saying something. And then on top of that, Jesus, this is going to cost us. This is going to cost us. Because we were out last night, now you want us to be out all day today too. By the time we get back, we're going to be too tired to go back out later tonight. And it's going to cost us an entire night of fishing, which means it's going to cost us an entire night of income. Just, just The timing isn't right and it doesn't make sense and it's just going to cost too much for us to do this. Now, if we're really honest with ourselves, how many times have you said the exact same thing to God when you felt like he was calling you to do something? I mean, I could go do what you're asking me to do, God, but just not, not right now. The, the timing isn't right. And I don't really see how it's all going to work out, so I'm just going to keep it at arm's length, and whenever you can prove to me that it's all going to work out, then maybe. And Jesus, you're gonna, it's going to cost me what to do what you're asking me to do? Just now, it's just, it's just a massive inconvenience. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, as I was prepping this message, I took a break and I walked out of my office and I walked across the hallway into Pastor JT's office. And, and right when I walked into his office, he had, he had just put his phone down. And he said, man, I can't get anybody to answer the phone. And JT had just been asked to, to be the head coach for the seven new uh, all-star baseball team in North Augusta. He was calling parents to let them know that their sons had been chosen to be on the all-star team. And I said, man, if those parents knew... What you wanted when you were calling, they would pick up the phone and answer so fast, excited that their son was an all-star. Come on. And then Monica Ebersol, who was also on staff, and she was a part of the conversation, she said, or. She said, parents aren't answering the phone because they can sense the obligation and the inconvenience that several more weeks of baseball during their summer is going to cause their family. And I said, wait a minute, you can't look at it like that because what you view as an obligation that would inconvenience you might actually be an opportunity that will increase you. And Monica said, well, have you been prepping a sermon? And I was like, oh, yeah, you caught me. You caught me. I was neck deep in sermon prep, and so I was just locked and loaded with something like that. But, but isn't that the truth? 
Isn't it the truth that inconvenience is very often just opportunity unrecognized? Inconvenience is very often opportunity just unrecognized. And so Peter's initial response, there's some hesitancy, there's some resistance. But then what Peter says next, it's actually pretty quite remarkable. It's what he says next. It's, it's almost like he catches himself mid-sentence, realizing who's asking him to do this. And, and what Peter says next, I'm telling you, church, if you would embrace the heart behind what Peter says next, and if you would make what Peter says next your response to whatever God is asking you to do, I'm telling you, it has the power to change your life like nothing else ever can. Continuing in verse 5, this is what Peter says next. He says, but because you say so. Because you say so. You see, this wasn't Peter's first encounter with Jesus. This isn't the first time they had met. This isn't the first time they had interacted. If you look back one chapter to Luke chapter 4, you'll find Jesus teaching in the synagogue, which is exactly where Peter would have been, hearing Jesus teach, hearing the word of God taught. And then shortly after that, you see that Peter had invited Jesus into his home. And when Jesus walks into Peter's house, he learns that his mother-in-law is extremely sick with a high fever. And so Jesus heals her of her sickness. And then word of that began to spread around town. And the Bible says that by sundown, people who were sick and hurting had come from all over and Jesus had healed them as well. So you see, Peter had been around Jesus. He had heard what Jesus had to say and had to teach. He had seen what Jesus had the ability and the power and the authority to do in the lives of other people in church today. You are no different. You have been around God. You have been around the things of God. You have heard the word of God taught in this church and you have seen what God has the ability to do in the lives of other people. But for you up until this moment, you have remained hesitant. You have remained resistant and you have kept what God is calling you to do at arm's length. And I know there are 27 reasons as to why the timing isn't right and why it doesn't make sense and it's gonna cost you too much. I know, but because you say so. Because you say so. You see, the more you trust God, the more limitless the possibilities for your life become. Peter had no idea what he was saying yes to. He had no idea what he was saying yes to. When he said yes to, to Jesus in that moment. But because of scripture and because of history, we know that Jesus would one day in the near future look at Peter and say, your name is Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And then on the day of Pentecost, it was Peter who stood before a crowd of thousands and he preached a sermon that was so powerful that 3,000 people gave their life to Jesus in that moment. And then today, thousands of years later, there have been churches built all over the world, all named after Peter in his honor. You and I today, we don't know who Peter is because he was that great of a fisherman in the first century. You and I today, we know who Peter is because he said yes to an invitation to follow Jesus. Yet Peter had no idea what awaited him on the other side of that invitation. And neither do you. So Peter, looking at Jesus, he says, because you 
say so. I will let down the nets. And so kind of in this moment, Peter looks at his guys and the other fishermen and he goes, hey guys, I know that the nets were clean. I know they're dry. I know you're rolling them back up and you're getting ready to go store them away for the day. But instead of doing that, I need you to bring them back to the boat because fellas, we're going fishing again. And then all the guys are like, like we're going go, to go do what? Are you kidding me? Like, what are we going to do? And he's like, I know, I know. It's for Jesus. Just don't say anything. Just get in the boat and I'll explain later. And so they row out into the deep water. And what happened next would have taken hours to play out. But Luke describes it for us in just a couple of verses, beginning in verse 6. He says, he begins verse 6 with just this. He says, and when they had done so. Stop there for a second. When they had done so. Not whenever they believed so, not whenever they believed enough, not whenever they had enough faith, not whenever Jesus had convinced them that it was all going to work out and make sense in the end. No, no, no. When they had done so. When they had simply done the thing that Jesus asked them to do. And that's what Luke wants you and I to wrap our hearts and our minds around today. That this faith that we have, it is meant to be an active faith. It is meant to be a faith that you do something with. Our faith, it is not meant to be an internal thing. It's not meant to be an emotional thing that makes you feel a certain way when you walk into church and the worship team plays your favorite song or whenever the pastor says something that makes you go, oh, that's good. It's not about that. It's what you do with your faith that makes a difference. Jesus himself in Luke chapter 6, he says, why do you keep calling me Lord if you don't do what I ask you to do? And in John chapter 14, he says, he says, for those who obey my commandments, those who do what I'm asking them to do, those are the ones who love me and I will love them and I will reveal myself to them. Those who do what I'm asking them to do, those are the ones that I will reveal myself to. Could it be today that the obstacle between you and the miracle you need is just your willingness to say yes to God? The thing standing between you and what you desperately want to see God do in your life is your willingness to say yes to whatever it is that he's asking you to do. And so continuing to read in chapter 5, verse 6, it says, When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. Listen to me, church. Whenever the blessing that exists on the other side of your obedience, it will be more than what the nets of your life have the ability to contain. And then in verse, watch what happens in verse 7. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and to help them. And they came and they filled both boats so full that they began to sink. The blessing on the other side of your obedience, not only will it, not only will it be more than what your life has the ability to contain, but it will overflow into the boats and into the lives of other people. And in verse 8, when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and he said, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. And then Jesus said to Simon in verse 10, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore. And they left everything and they followed him.
And you know what happened next? Peter went and fished for people. Just like Jesus said he would. And again, today, you and I, we don't know who Peter is today because he was that great of a fisherman in the first century. You and I, we know who Peter is today. And Peter's life is still impacting our lives today because he simply said yes to an invitation to follow Jesus. You see, whenever your obedience intersects with God's faithfulness, it activates God's favor in your life. And if today you and I, if we would no longer settle for just having faith, but instead we would also choose to be faithful, it will ignite the power of God in your life. And as the power of God is ignited in your life, He will empower you to impact the lives of everyone else that you will ever come in contact with. Many of you, you know the story of my family and I moving away from Stevens Creek Church and moving away from Augusta in 2018 to go plant a church in Denver, Colorado, Gateway City Church. We planted that church in March of 2019 and then about 18 months later, because of COVID, we ended up having to make the difficult decision to close that church. Uh, But I mean, it, it ultimately led us back home and back to being on staff and in ministry here at Stevens Creek Church. And so we're grateful. But recently I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who also has a desire to plant a church. And so he was asking me questions about the planning and what all goes into it and what he can expect. And, and as we wrapped up our conversation, he, he asked me one final question. And he just said, Will, in, in everything that you went through, all the difficulties, all the inconveniences, all of the things that you had to deal with that didn't make any sense, and, and everything that it cost you and your family, Will, was it, was it worth it? And I thought about it for a moment. And I answered him by showing him a picture. And I showed him this picture. This is Jasmine. And Jasmine had never really attended church. But she came to the very first service that we had on March 17th of 2019. And on that day, Jasmine gave her life to Jesus. And eight weeks later, which is when this picture was taken, Jasmine was the first person that we baptized at our church. And then shortly after that, Jasmine joined a small group and she began to grow in her faith. And and then shortly after that, she began to serve on our first impression team. And then not long after that, Jasmine began to to give financially to the church. She was young and she didn't have a lot to give, but she gave anyway and she did so joyfully. And so I shared this picture with my friend and I told him Jasmine's story and I said, you asked me if it was worth it. And I just told him, I said, it was worth everything that it cost us. And I would say yes all over again and every time to the invitation to go plant that church in Denver, Colorado, if it meant that Jasmine's life would be forever changed with the message and with the power and with the, of of Jesus. Yeah. So what about you? What is it that God is inviting you into today?
What is it that God is calling you to do today? Again, there are those of you that the Lord has been calling you. You have felt it stirring up inside of your spirit for a while now, but up until this moment, you have kept it at arm's length because the timing isn't right and it doesn't make sense and it's going to cost you, I know. But because you say so. And I'm telling you, when you do so, when you simply begin to do the thing that God has called you to do, the blessings on the other side of your obedience will be more than what your life has the ability to contain. You see, I believe the Lord is moving. I believe the Lord is calling some people to some very specific things. I feel this within my spirit. I believe that there are people in the room today and the Lord is calling you to adoption. You've been feeling it. You've been sensing it. You've been talking about it for a while now, but you've been keeping it at arm's length because of the timing and it doesn't make sense. But today is the day that you just say yes and you begin to walk through that process of what that can look like. Maybe it's not adoption outright. Maybe it's the decision to foster a child. Fostering a child very, very oftentimes leads into adoption. There are those of you in the room today, I believe the Lord is calling you to begin to trust him fully with your finances. The Lord is calling you to begin tithing. And I I know you've you've probably made a commitment to tithe. You're going to start, but you haven't begun yet. Today is the day. And whenever you think about it, you know, now's not the right time. I'm going to wait till I get the raise. I'm going to wait until I make more money. You don't do it then, you do it now. And you don't tithe, you don't give after you've already paid your bills and then bought your groceries and you give God what's left over. God can't bless what's left over. You give first and it gives God the ability and the power to bless everything else. And today is the day. God's calling you to it. There are those of you, God is calling you to begin serving in a ministry here at this church. God is calling you to begin serving in ministry. He's given you gifts and he's given you abilities. He's given you passions. And God is calling you to begin using your gifts and your abilities to serve within ministry at this church, to serve him by serving and meeting the needs of other people. And if you don't know what that can look like for you, then join me 1030 next week for Next Step class and I will walk you through that process and I will help you get connected here. Personally, I will help you get connected. And I'll help you begin serving. And there are others of you in the room today. God's calling you to something different. I feel this very specifically. There are people in the room today. You are in a relationship. You are in a dating relationship. You are in an engaged relationship, but you're not married. And God is calling you to begin honoring him with your relationship. God is calling you to reintroduce purity into your relationship. And if you want me to make it plain for you, if you are here today and you're in a relationship and you're not married, you need to stop sleeping together. If you're here today and you're in a relationship and you are living together, you either need to get married or find two different places to live until you do get married. I don't say that because God is trying to withhold something good from you. I say that because God is trying to preserve something great for you. And today is the day that you begin honoring him with your relationship. And I'm telling you, I know you've justified it. I know it doesn't, I know, but because you say so, And whenever you begin to do so, the blessing that will exist on the other side of your obedience will go beyond anything you can ever ask, think, or imagine. And I told you at the beginning of the message today that that God was going to extend an invitation for you today. And I wanted to prepare you to say yes to that invitation. 
And I told you that we were going to have a time of response. Our prayer team, as I pray in just a few moments, our prayer team is going to come and they're going to be up front. And I was going to encourage you. I was going to extend an invitation for you to come forward to receive prayer for and over whatever it is that you feel like God is calling you to do. Maybe it, may, it, it could be what, what God's calling you into. It could, be, it, could be, it could be adoption. It could be to serve. It could be tithing. If you need healing in your relationships, come forward for prayer. If you need healing in your body, come forward. There are those of you, Pastor Todd said it earlier today, there are those of you here today that you are sick and you need healing and you need God to do a miracle. Come forward. We want to pray over you. If you're here today and you need to come and you need to stand in the gap for somebody else that you know needs prayer, come forward and ask for prayer for them. We're here to, we're here, we're here to receive you. We're here to pray for you and to pray over you, believing God's best for your life. I told you it was coming. I told you to be ready. Are you ready? Are you ready to pray? Are you ready to respond? And listen, there are those of you here in the room today that the invitation that you need to say yes to, it's the same invitation that Jasmine said yes to, a decision to give your life to Jesus for the very first time today. Place your faith in him and trust him to create new life in you and let an old life be gone. And as we pray, I'm gonna lead you in a prayer that will help you do that. Are you ready to pray today? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we come before you today grateful for who you are, grateful for everything that you have done in our life, grateful for all that you are doing in this church and in the lives of the people that call this church home. And Father, today I pray that in this moment, God, you give us a because you say so response to what you're calling us to do. God, and help us to know that when we begin to do what you've asked us to do, God, the blessing on the other side of obedience will be more than we can wrap our, our minds and our hearts around. It will be more than we can ask, think, or imagine. God, I pray for those that you are calling today. I pray for those that you are extending an invitation to today. God, I pray that you would give them the courage to respond, the courage to say yes, the courage to come forward to receive prayer. And for those that are in the room and your, your decision, the invitation that you, you need to say yes to is the decision to follow Jesus for the very first time, I want to lead you in a prayer. If that's you today, would you raise your hand? I just want to know who I'm praying for and who I'm praying with. If you're here today and you're saying yes to Jesus for the very first time, God, I give my life to you. I'm trusting you with my, with, with my life. Yeah. Just pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for loving me. Thank you for sending your son to die for me. Today, I give my life to you and I place my faith in you. God, would you forgive me? And would you, would you help me to trust you? And would you give me the power to live for you every single day of my life? It's in Jesus' name we pray and everybody said, amen. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to stevenscreekchurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.